Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. COVID-free. Stand with me. Hold your Bibles up high, your iPhone, your iPad, or just fake it until you get one, all right? Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Shout out to some very dear friends of mine, Mark and Cindy. Thanks for watching. Uh, also want to give a shout out to Mike Gilmore. Uh, stand up, Mike. I, I just, I, every Sunday I see you. Let's give this guy a hand. I, um, he's the one out on the street waving a sign. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's always inspiring to me to see him. And now imagine just for a moment. If you're driving down Northwest Expressway and you see this guy out on the street, you got to wonder what's going on on the inside. Because here's a, a man who is very successful professionally, but believes enough in people driving by that, that he wants to draw them in. You know, our countenance, our words, our conversations, our encouragement, those are the things that change people's lives. Not our skill set, not our talent, not our intellect, not our positions of success in the world. But the world's looking for a positive response to negative, uh, a negative world. And when I say that, it's always been negative. From the moment that Eve ate and Adam followed, there has been negativity in the world. And... Uh, I just like to be a positive guy. I like to say positive things. I like to keep a positive mindset, a positive attitude. And you can say, well, it doesn't work for me. See, you're negative. There are always people like that. Why are you so happy? Well, why are you so stinking sad? You know, I can, I can come back at that. And, and the reality is the fact that I am still breathing at my age, you know, 39 years old, Y'all thought that was funny. Why would you laugh? That I, because of that, the fact that I know I should have been dead numerous times and that I'm still alive and breathing, it must be that God's up to something. Either that or he's, he's just tormenting my enemies. Either way, I'm glad to be here. Some of you have never really uh, heard where the song came from that we sang this morning concerning dry bones. And ironically enough, I didn't know we were going to be singing that song. A friend of mine sent it to me this week from Austin, Texas. And uh, he said, man, I've been listening to this all day. And then I come uh, today and we're singing this song. And Mark Ryan and I, we've been friends for so long, worked together for so long. And I tell you, if you ever get a chance, you just need to love on that guy. I'll tell you, we wouldn't be where we are today without my friend Mark Ryan, our worship leader. Uh, I tell you, it, I'm so grateful for him. 
and, and how he every week is listening to the heart of God to bring us into the presence of God through worship. And this song this morning, he didn't know it. He didn't know what I was preaching on. But I'm talking about heroic speech. The words that we say will frame the lives that we live. Now, I'm not saying that everything you declare as uh, done or, or will be exactly the way you and I might hope it would be. But I can promise you that the Bible is filled with verses that inspire us and encourage us and admonish us to say things that we hope will happen instead of always saying or talking about things that might be happening. Uh, every now and then, you're going to have a tough day. Every now and then, things aren't going to go like you'd like them to go. And the demonic side of life, in my opinion, is to get us to focus on the difficulties, the negative things, the things that aren't happening, that haven't happened, and all the letdowns that we've experienced in life. And it's real easy for all of us to look back in our lives, especially those of us over 39, uh, that we can look back and we can say, you know, I, I got spanked when I shouldn't have. And my dad would always say, well, that was for the one we missed. Uh, you know, it didn't hurt me, you know, to, to be disciplined. And yet there are moments in time that we think we've been so wronged and people have treated us so poorly, and, and that is the case. But what are you going to do in response to that? Treat them poorly? Who's going to finally say, you know, this is not right. This is not how things should be. And so the Apostle Paul said, I believe, therefore I speak. What you speak out of your mouth, whether you believe it or not, is what you believe. And this is what a lot of people say, well, I was just kidding. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, I don't mind having a good time and laughing and all of that, but the reality is when I talk to somebody, I want to address them in a way that will build them up, encourage them, help them, and, and lift them, make them better people. Let me just tell you something. To become the person you want to become will mean that you let go of the person you don't want to be. And that means that sometimes it, it might attack our soul or feel like our soul's being attacked, but the reality is... Sometimes when people just speak encouraging words to us, uh, they're just trying to elevate us and lift us. And that's really what life should be about. And uh, the one translation in the Bible says that God speaks of future events with as much certainty as though they've already passed. Speaks of those things that are not as though they were. That's what the Bible says. In other words, it's very, very important uh, that we, we declare what we hope to see not what we may be currently seeing. Things are not where I want them to be right now in, in any part of the world, in my world, in the world at large. Uh, but I'm not going to let those things draw me back, push me down. I'm going to believe the best. I'm going to stand for the best. I believe my latter years will be greater than my former years. I believe the best of my life is the rest of my life. I believe all of these things to be true, even on my worst day. Now, I have to be careful not to talk about how big my problem is. Instead, I need to talk about how big my God is. Because God's bigger than any problem I have. He's greater than any difficulty I'm encountering. So I, I wasn't going to even use this verse, so we'll see where it goes today. But I'm standing there during the song about dry bones, and I thought, this is exactly what I'm getting ready to preach on. And 
So I turn to Ezekiel 37, and it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, Ezekiel says, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. Now, how many of you know I'd rather go to a mountaintop than a valley? But in our valley, God has an assignment for each and every one of us. In your valley, you have to determine, I'm not staying here, and there's a reason for me being here, and I'm not going to waste that reason or this moment. And it goes on to say, He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Now, I don't know how much drier a bone can get, do you? I mean, a, a bone is a bone is a bone. And it says, He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? Can your dead dream live? Can you rise up and declare the promises of God versus what you see in the moment? And it says, I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now, this is really bizarre, and there are people that read the Bible and go, well, that's cool, but everything in here is written for a purpose. It's not just about history. It's about us learning from history. And in this moment, Ezekiel could have said, this is really strange. God leads me by his spirit out into a valley, and he begins asking me, can these bones live? He didn't look at Ezekiel and say, Ezekiel, I'm telling you right now, if you will do this, this is what's going to happen. Instead, he solicits a response from Ezekiel. And he wants Ezekiel to declare what he knows to be true. So he said, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life and then you will know that I am the Lord. It sounds a little bit like a Halloween story bones. So I prophesied as I was commanded and I was, as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy in uh, to the breath or prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. Now, if you're here today and you're on meth or you're watching on crack cocaine, <laughs> you are totally freaked out right now. But the reality is God, once again, 
is showing himself strong. He's showing himself as a life giver. He's teaching Ezekiel, there's nothing impossible with me. Now, you could have a debate with anybody you wanted as to whether or not this, this is a metaphor. It, did it really happen? You can do all of those things. Here's the reality. There are dry places in our lives that have been dry for a long time. You haven't loved. You haven't been loved. You, you haven't had uh, the, the job you've wanted. You've been unemployed. The list goes on of the dry spots and dry places in our lives that God's saying it's time for you to rise up and quit talking about those problems and start talking to those problems. There's a vast army, a vast strength inside you if you will declare that strength. We have a lot of people worried, a lot of people living in fear. And, and granted, there, there's, there, if you look in the natural, there's, there's just cause. But if you look in the supernatural, we have nothing to fear. For us to worry about tomorrow is a crime. It's unscriptural. We're called to stand up and believe the best and declare the best. So turn your Bibles now to one of the primary scriptures, Matthew chapter 12, uh, verses 34 through 37. You brood of vipers, how can you are, who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of good stored up in him. Listen to this. The good man brings good things out of what's stored up in him. You can tell what is stored up in someone when they open their mouth. They can tell you a million different things. Well, I know, I get it, or whatever. But the reality is, when we speak, in that moment, we are declaring what's in our hearts. Now, this is no condemnation, and I'm not trying to get anybody to feel bad. I, I have to watch myself. I have to be sure that when I open my mouth, and boy, I'm not successful every day, but, but I work at it, and, and there are times I, I have the gift of sarcasm, which I'm not really sure uh, is really that healthy. <laughs> Things come out of my mouth sometimes and go, that was really good, but I, I can kind of see God going, hmm. Not mad at me, but just saying that's, that's not going to frame the dream that's resident in you. That's not going to give you the life that you're dreaming of. And that's not going to give you what you hope for. And so I like to be positive. I like to stay positive. I like to declare the things that I want to see happen. I remember, on, I, I've shared this before, I was laying on a construction site working and driving a bulldozer. It was one of the coolest jobs I've ever had. You're talking about feeling powerful. You just get on a cat. Anybody try to mess with you, you just jerk that thing around. and They got nothing but tracks all over them. You know what I'm saying? And so I was not working this construction site. I was working with the owner's son. And uh, it was just the two of us. We were clearing some land and getting ready to build some stuff. And, and uh, you know, I was not living for God, man, at all. And it was a beautiful sunny day, and it was just, it was a perfect day, and we were on our lunch break, and, and I was just laying back, and, and uh, I looked up into the sky, and I saw an airplane, and it's just flying across the sky. Now, at this point, listen to me, at that point, I'd never been on an airplane in my life. I was about 19 or 20 years old, and uh, I didn't know God, and I'm laying there, and I looked at him, and, and you got to know, this is the owner's son. I, he was probably high. His name was Roscoe. Anybody know Roscoe? Other than Roscoe P. Cool train. Anyway, so, anyway, I looked at Roscoe and I said, Roscoe, I said, someday I'll be on airplanes and I'll be flying all over the world. 
Now, I think back on that, and I think, God had mercy on me. I don't know where those words came from, other than I felt like God saying, Mark, I want to show you something. And here I am now, 40-some years later, and I've been on airplanes and been all over the world. I've been from Melbourne, Australia, Sydney, Australia, to Cape Town, South Africa, to Santiago, Chile, to the almost all over Europe, preaching the gospel, doing conferences. And when God allowed those words or forced those words out of me, I wasn't even a Christian. But God wanted to teach me that my declarations may not happen tomorrow, next week, or next month. But someday you'll be surprised if you will declare what God says that the dry bones in your life will begin to rise up and they'll begin to grow and you'll begin to breathe and you will see the hand of God. Some of you say, I've been looking for a job for six years. It's time for you to start saying, my job is before me. My dream job is ahead of me. Nothing is impossible with God. Quit talking about the years that have been dry and dead. Start talking about what can be and what will be as a result of that declaration. Now listen to this. But I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you'll be acquitted and by your words you'll be condemned. God doesn't condemn us. God doesn't judge us. We condemn ourselves. God's a lover of mankind. He's a giver of life. He's filled with grace. He's filled with mercy. So any, anything that happens in our life is not the result of God judging or condemning. It's the result of us judging and condemning ourselves. God wants to give life. He said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I don't want anybody to steal the years that I have left. I don't want to give those up to anybody. And I have to make sure that I have a confession that matches what God said. Now, turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 10. A little Bible study today. Amazing. You come to church and you study the Bible. New concept. Not really. Okay, here we go. Look at verse 10. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, same Lord uh, of all, richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a declaration that we make, a confession. And we declare it. Now listen to this out of the message. You have, made a, you have minds like a snake pit. How do you suppose you will, you say, what you say is worth anything when you are so foul-minded? It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. I love that out of the message. It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. It's what's in here. It's, it's how we process life through our heart and it goes on to say a good person produces good deeds and words season after season an evil person is a blight on the orchard let me tell you something every one of these careless words is going to come back 
to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. So it's very, very important that we set our course every day. Every day. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. When bad things are happening, it's time for you to declare they're not going to be happening long. It's not going to come to stay. It comes to pass. I'm not going to allow the negative things in my life to rule my life or ruin my day. I'm going to declare what I want to see happen. You say, well, what if it doesn't happen? You still have a better attitude if it didn't. Because that's all the negative. What if I declare it doesn't happen? See, you negative soul. What if I just said, you know, I, I don't care. I'm just believing God for the best. I'm happier when I do. How many of you know it's always nice when somebody says something nice to you or somebody encourages you? Don't you feel better other than looking and saying, you look good today. You sucked yesterday. Because that's what I feel. They never finish it. Well, you look good today. Well, what did I look like yesterday? It's almost like they're talking like I got an upgrade or something. Instead, say, you look good. Because when you put today on there, it implies that yesterday you didn't look so good. Say, picky this morning, aren't you, preacher? I'm just trying to help us out. I just want us to be the best we can be. I just want us to encourage one another. That's what I want to do. Because life is better when people are lifting you instead of pulling on you or putting you down. Someone said, don't speak unless you can improve on silence. For somebody who talks, and I'm a talker, every now and then I just go, I have to just not say anything. Because I know I can't improve on silence. As a matter of fact, I'm going to mess silence up. <laughs> and I'm going to ruin it. Proverbs 10, 19 said, when words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. Now, we often read that verse and we look at it and we go, well, you know, uh, I, I didn't say anything wrong. Well, I don't think it's about right and wrong. We, we, we're kind of hung up on, in this world on everything being right or wrong. Some things are beneficial. Some things are not. What if we looked at it that way? Maybe it's not that you're wrong. You're just not helping anybody. It's not beneficial. So what can I say that will be beneficial? What can I say that will encourage someone? What can I say that will make someone better? Our words need to be heroic. Number one, what we say is what we believe. What we say is what we believe. One man said the average man never really thinks from end of his life uh, from end to end of his life. The mental activity of such people is only a mouthing of cliches. What they mistake for a thought is simply repetition of what they have heard. In other words, oftentimes what we speak and how we speak is the way our parents spoke, the way our teachers spoke. We learned from people that may not be speaking in beneficial ways. They were negative. They were okay. They seemed like morally good people. And that's typically how religion measures people, not by their heart, 
but by simply by how they act. Sometimes people do right things with a wrong heart. And you know what? I, I'll, I'll take that over the opposite. But the reality is what we believe, if you believe something, then it's not really difficult for your mouth to respond to what you believe. We believe, therefore we speak. And so what I want to encourage us to do this week is really, really watch what we say. I still get texts from pastors all over the country and the world. And this morning, I, I was, as I was studying again, I, I just started texting pastors in Tampa, uh, in St. Louis, in Austin, in Victoria. I just pastors all over the country. I just wanted to be an encouragement to them on a day because well, I know the battles they fight. You get up on Sunday morning. Something negative happens, you, you know, you just, you, you, you're thinking through the day and the devil's fighting every word that you have prepared to keep you from being optimistic, making it difficult for you to stand up and look at the faces of people and declare things that are not as though they already were. I'm declaring today, revival will hit our country. I don't care what you see on the news, I've got good news, this thing's turning around. You say, well, I don't see it. You don't have to see it. You just have to know it. Those who know their God shall do great exploits. We have to turn this thing around uh, by, by declaring and believing and, and encouraging, not attacking, not accusing, not assaulting. That's what our job is. My mama used to always tell me, sound like Forrest Gump, mama used to always say, Catch more flies with honey than a fly swatter. Some of you young people go, Mom, what do you mean by that? Because you don't even know what a fly swatter is. Now we have electronic zappers. We put those flies out of their misery that quick. Digital fly killing. He goes on to say, my guess is that, well, over 80% of the human race goes through life without having one single original thought. Whenever a new one appears, the average man shows signs of dismay and resentment. Why? Because thinking takes work. Feelings take no work. We first feel typically before we ever think. That's why a lot of people get in trouble is because of our feelings directing our lives instead of thinking through the emotion that we just had. In other words, you say, I got mad at somebody. I'm angry. Well, why are you angry? Why don't you ask yourself that question first? Why am I mad? And then if you ask yourself why you're mad and you, you think about it for a moment, there's a really good chance that your emotion will be reduced because you realize being angry is not going to change anything. You can get angry at somebody. You're really not helping anybody when you do. All you're doing is stirring up dissension and more dissension. If you cannot have a conversation... Because of anger, you need to go back and rethink why you can't have that conversation. I used to desire so often to be right that if somebody told me something, I'd get mad. And I'm thinking, why was I mad? It's just an opinion. It's somebody's opinion. It's okay. It's okay. I love, I wish I would have known at 30 what I know at 39. I know what you're thinking, Pastor. 
You don't have hair that color unless it's colored like that. My daughter's mad at me because she says, that's the color of hair I've been trying to get. And I said, hang on, honey, it's coming. I'm your daddy, and you got my jeans. <laughs> You'll be platinum someday, too. Whoop! Our words reveal our heart, give shape to our fight and our future. They accurately portray what we're really thinking. So whenever you speak, realize this. You're telling yourself what's going on in your soul. People text me and ask me, how's church going? I have other pastors in town text me, and how's church going? I said, you know, it's amazing. Now, i got to tell you, there have been a couple of weeks that they just said, you're just a liar. I said, no, I'm just seeing things in the spirit. I, 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 whether the chairs are full or not, my heart is full. Now, it's looking good today. I'm proud of you for getting out of bed and being here with us. And I really am. I'm thrilled. And, and I tell you, I'm not mad at anybody. I, I love all of you. I, I, I wasn't mad at you if you didn't show up. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm a pastor, and I'm not going to let the thief come to steal, kill, and destroy what God has for your life. Think about it this way. It takes about, church is a, an hour and 15 minutes a week. There are guys that get up at the break of dawn, and some women, but women are smarter you won't see near as many women on the golf course at 6 a.m. as you do men. And they're out there all just happy and swinging and hacking and slicing and hooking and, and cussing. I'm telling you, you want to know a real Christian? Go golf with them. I'll tell you what, I've, I've learned so many things on tee boxes, I can't even tell you, my vocabulary expanded tremendously. Matter of fact, a friend of mine was golfing with Samuel L. Jackson, and Samuel L. started cussing, and my friend standing there watching him, and the caddy looked and said, Samuel, you're not good enough to be cussing. <laughs> That's just how you play. <laughs> but it's always amazing. It's six hours, five to six hours to play golf, right? It is. I used to play all the time. And finally, I woke up one day, and I went, I don't think I want to spend five hours of my day doing this. Because I didn't like everybody I was playing with. If you're going to play golf, you better like them because you stuck with them. And they just get dumb on 18 holes. <laughs> but when these pastors call me, I just say, you know, life is good. God's good. We're not going to be beat by this. I can just tell you the best days are ahead. I don't care where we are right now. I know where we're going to be. I know what God's going to do. God's returning everything. His love is returning everything. Everything that was stolen from you is coming back to you. I know some of you are going, I feel, this feels so good. And you'll go home and go, it's so bad, honey. I wish. I wish. And if you're just wishing, go get a lamp. But if you're hoping, talk to my God. There's a big difference. I'm just giving you some verses today. 1 Samuel chapter 17. I love this. David and Goliath. Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? 
This is a big, I mean, this guy's a giant. And David's little. He's little. He's not even big. He's just little. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, now I don't know about you, but if I saw a giant talking to me like that, I'm thinking, probably ought to go to the table of negotiation. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Because this guy's huge. David said to the Philistine, you come, you come at me. Trying to go with the little guy, you know what I'm saying? With a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Now listen to this. David, here's his response. And some of you, this needs to be your response to your crisis. There is a Goliath in every one of our lives. There are numerous Goliaths. I mean, his descendants are everywhere. David said, this day, the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down, you sucker. That's, I added that. (laughs) And cut off your head. Today, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army. Now, he says, not just you, fathead. You can talk to evil giants that way. It's not nice to do that to other people. But when there's an evil giant, uh, something standing between you and your destiny, between you and your God, you have to rise up. Little David, today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And it happened as David said it would happen. During this time of great, great question and questions, we have to give the answers. The Bible says the footsteps of the righteous are ordered by God. And that the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. When you walk with God, when you declare the purposes and the promises of God, the light of God will shine on that pathway. When you're walking in the dark, when you're walking in despair, when you're walking in discouragement, it's not that you're a bad person, but the light of life comes through the mouth of man, declaring his light shining into our darkness. I've had dark days. I've had dark weeks, I've had dark months, I've had dark years. I just kept declaring in that darkness what God was saying. And it didn't happen overnight, but it happened. And it will continue to happen. Everything that you see happening right now, in this world is no surprise to God. And everything that the devil meant for harm, God is going to turn for good. We must not curse the darkness. We must light a light. It's real easy to tell when someone 
what someone is thinking, what someone is feeling by simply looking at their countenance. Every now and then, I have to tell myself to smile. Any of you have that issue? I'm an intense person for the most part, as some of you can tell. And on Red Bull, snorting intense. But I've realized there are certain people that, that their, their countenance is so wonderful that when they smile, it, it, they don't even have to open their mouth. You, you see their soul through their countenance of what they really believe and what they're thinking. Even if it contradicts what is really going on, what they're saying is, I'm not going to let a frown keep me down. I'm going to smile in the face of adversity. And I'm going to overcome. Because the Bible says, greater is he who's in us than he is in the world. We're more than conquerors. And as I said a week or two ago, the challenge in life is this. And I'll close with this thought. We typically blame other people for the attitudes that we possess. Somebody did me wrong. Somebody hurt me. A bad boss. I got terminated. I got fired. This happened. That happened. Have you ever stopped to think that whatever's happening right now may be a setup for you to get up and become the person you've always wanted to become, live the dream that you've always had? I don't have time to look around and blame anybody or everybody for where my life it might be right now as opposed to where I thought it would be. The reality is... You are here right now. We are where we are right now. I'm not going to be the same person this time next year that I am right now. I'm going to be different. And it's not because I expect you to make my life better. I expect me to make my life better. You have to expect you. You and God. Some of you are wanting a promotion. And your joy and your peace has been wrapped around the choice that is made to promote you or not promote you. And you're not going to be happy if you don't get that promotion. And you're going to feel like you were wronged and that the boss did the wrong thing. Instead of looking and saying, you know what? If I was supposed to have that promotion, I would have had that promotion. Because God's bigger than my boss. So God must not be into me being here at this time or promoted at this time or I would be promoted. That makes sense at all? Some of you look at me like a cow at a new gate. Like you slept upside down in a post hole or something. I don't know. All I want to do is encourage you to encourage yourself and encourage others. And I close. As I was preparing this this morning, I just began to text these other guys. I just wanted to say... You've been an inspiration to me. You're one of the greatest pastors I know, one of the greatest communicators I know. I have a friend who graduated from Harvard, one of the smartest guys I've ever met. Can't believe he's my friend or even would agree to. I think he's probably trying to help me. But I said, you've been such an inspiration to me. He's about my age, and the guy has done global events. He filled the Silver Dome. Then President Henry, I mean Henry Ford, Gerald Ford spoke. At, at the Silverdome. He filled it with 80,000 people. And he's my friend. But you'd never know he could fill the Silverdome and have an event like that by just talking to him because he's a humble guy, but he's a brilliant guy. 
just texted him this morning. I said, you've always been an inspiration to me. And I really appreciate the fact that you've never let your age or anything else keep you from doing things that people have said are impossible. If you will encourage others, you yourself will be encouraged. If you'll speak in words of encouragement to yourself, quit calling yourself dumb and look and say, man, when God made me, I know I'm not using all the brains he gave me, but I'm going to start today. I'm going to use a few more brain cells today. Be encouraging. Exercise heroic speech. Be kind. Be patient. Exercise the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So that everything in your life, in the midst of good, bad, difficult, whatever it might be, you can experience the presence of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for speaking life into dry bones, giving us a voice to speak life into dead things, dead dreams, dead relationships, dead jobs. Lord, today, rather than talking poor of our company, we're going to talk it good. We're going to call it blessed. Rather than being negative, we're going to be positive. Rather than responding to someone as they have treated us, we're going to respond with kindness. Help us, God, to be heroic in our speech. With every head bowed, every eye closed, as I stated in Romans chapter 10, with your heart you believe, with your mouth you confess. And all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved, not because you're skilled or you're great or you're good, but because you believe and you declare. Each of us is on a journey. Rather than judging other people, why don't you just encourage them? You'll find that your life is better when you encourage one another. Let's pray, and I want to ask all of you to pray this with me, and those of you watching online, just pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. I call on your name. I declare today I'm saved. I'm forgiven. I am a child of the King. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to ask you just to text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Put your name in there if you would too, please. Uh, we'd love to know who you are, pray for you, stand with you. Uh, we believe in you. More importantly, God believes in you and God wants you to believe in you. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.